0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to See the Invisible, Living with an Invisible or Rare Disease. My name is Rhonda Franny Jefferson, and thank you so much for taking some time out to listen today. If you're new here, welcome. To give you an idea of what this podcast is about and for, um, I just wanted to lend a voice of support for those who have an invisible or rare illness, as well as for the support systems of those who do have the illness. I know at times, at least speaking for myself, I know I felt like I didn't have a voice and I'm learning how to get that more and more each day. Um, recognizing what's important and trying to be my best advocate for myself and for my family. Um, I know the past year and a half has been rather complicated for most people. So, It's actually much more complicated as many of us look at the new school year with our children. Depending on where you live, some schools may have been in session already for a couple of weeks. Um, If you're listening to this podcast at a later date, um, I'm recording today on Labor Day. So a lot of schools also just start the day after Labor Day my children have been in school itself for three days Um, my younger son had to go to middle school last monday it was his first day in the building so they had an orientation and then classes on tuesday wednesday and thursday with friday off Um, my seventh grader because he slightly knew the building um, went in on tuesday so before i really get into today's topic which will be returning to school I do want to say that I am in no way a medical, insurance, or legal expert. Please if you have any questions in any of those areas, make sure that you're reaching out to someone that specializes in that field. My podcast is not meant to be any health advice or medical advice. What I am doing though is giving information about my situation, my experiences, and in many cases it's from articles that I've read or situations that I've experienced in my life that I'm expanding upon. So yes, we mentioned school and I've already had a few exciting adventures, if you will. Not really. Um, It started out with day two when I picked up the kids that, as we were leaving, I saw what I thought was some type of commotion and there were a couple kids just kind of running everywhere. Um, there was a staff member of the school going after one of them. And my younger son said, did you see the boy with the teddy bear on his shirt? I said, yes. And then he points to the other side of the street, um, which is really where we're parked. He, he said, do you see that man without a shirt on? I look and sure enough, there is an adult with his shirt off ready to fight. A child. Now the child looked to be, I would say maybe seventh or eighth grade. I wouldn't say sixth, but then again, my seventh grader is five foot 10 and wears a size 13 shoe. So <laughs> I can't really say, but yeah, a, a grown man. And I'm not talking like maybe 19 years old. I'm talking, you know, probably early to mid thirties. So that's, That's something probably that's been overlooked in starting back the school year. A lot of people have been focused on COVID, and I think, you know, rightfully so to um, the most extent, because as parents, after we've been through it a few years, we kind of know what the beginning of a school year is like. But this year we have the beginning of, you know, or where many kids are actually going back to school where they haven't for at least a year. So, yeah, it kind of started out with this grown man ready to go after a child. Um, like I said, staff was there on hand. They were taking care of it, but you know, while they're in the building, I know all of the buildings are secured, and nobody can get in, but there are literally hundreds of children there after school. Um I'm not sure about you know all the different you know policies in different parts of this um, country. But where i live if you live less than one mile from the school and you're in middle school you either have to be dropped off or walk if you live within two miles of the high school once you go to high school it's within two miles so thankfully i'm in a position where i can drive my children because they have to cross over a bridge Um, there's just some things i really don't want them doing especially as my one son is on the autism spectrum um, some people have said i could probably get transportation for him but i don't know if i could get it from a younger son so i just take them both i know that they will be together and will be able to find each other so you know it was just kind of a lot to see where you know in a sea of students that this was occurring And I mentioned the high school. The high school is directly behind the middle school. And then just across from the high school is one of our elementary schools. We have four elementary schools and, you know, they're all kind of separated by grade levels and geographical locations. But once they get into middle school, they're all together. Plus, like I said, there's a grade school or elementary school across from the high school too. So it's really this huge block and half of the other block that has schools. So um, I am going to be going over some safety tips and while yes a lot of it will be on COVID, I do want to go over the basics too because I think they're kind of being overlooked or missed. Um, The second thing that happened that day is my son had to go to the nurse because during gym, he had sprained his ankle or not really sprained, he hurt it. He had a bruise there, um, which was handled much better than the time my older son hurt himself at recess and they never sent him to the nurse. And by the time we were done, he couldn't walk by the end of the day. So, you know, be proactive in those cases. Um, You know, my older son does have trouble communicating And so I have made sure that I contact as many teachers as I can to let them know what his communication style is, um, the way he takes direction so that there's not any barrier between, you know, the communication and when he had fallen and hurt his ankle before he had not yet been diagnosed as being on the autism spectrum. I knew just by his actions, he probably was, it was just getting that official diagnosis, but. The teachers really didn't seem to recognize when he was trying to say something what he actually meant. So another thing to make sure that you're advocating for your child. Um, so I have made sure that you know my son's teachers really um, know what to look for in the words that he's saying, um, how he's saying them to know what's best for him. So you know, not wanting to worry too much about necessarily a fight breaking out at school or, you know, in the case of someone who's not really part of the school coming on the property. I do think those are the anomalies, but we have to make sure that we are aware of them too. If you have any incidents like that, I would suggest reaching out to the um, principal, which I do plan on emailing him and just you know asking if everything's been resolved because I don't want to take a chance of you know something happening while you Know he's while they're coming out of school, while well, any child is, you know, because you know, I, I just can't ima- cannot imagine a grown person coming after one of my children. And you know, like I said, my older child is very big for his age, um, but still, you know, as if you, I have parents out there listening, you know, it doesn't matter how tall or big they get, they are your baby. So, we are going to start looking at the transportation though, because. Um, you know I mentioned as well about the fact that some schools you have um, walking and some you don't and just really depends so you know if your child does have to walk to school make sure they understand that it's very important to stay on the sidewalk Um, the bridge that I mentioned in my town that my kids would have to go over it does have a sidewalk but honestly just to me I've, you know, I've seen that sidewalk, that bridge has been there since I've been born or before I was born and I just always worry about if it was icy and bridges, you know, freeze before um, roadways that, you know, th- somebody might slip and, you know, anybody, not even just my children could fall in front of a car and, you know, even though people know school, school children are out, some people do drive more cautiously, some don't. I mean, very recently, um, I almost, you know, there's almost something serious that could happen, but I was only going about two miles an hour, but a hat flew off of a child's head and he just ran right out, you know, in front of me now because I was kind of creeping along, that was fine. But as an adult, you know, if we are picking up our children, or even if you just see children walking, you know, take precautions. You know, if it's 35 in that area, I would drop it down, you know, five miles per hour. That's just my personal opinion um, and areas of deep congestion. And at this point when I was driving, it was honestly, uh, let me see, I was surrounded on both sides by cars, either parked or, you know, those that were driving in the other direction. There were probably about 50 kids on the sidewalks to the immediate right of me um, knowing the car that was in between us and the same on the other side of the road so it was very congested so at that point in time I almost did not have a choice but to go slowly but you know even if you're not in that much of a congested area please make sure that you know you're watching out now maybe this kind of goes back to um, when I was just first learning how to drive. So I'm not going to say how many years ago that was, but it was quite a few years ago. Um, For some reason, I had this dream that I was driving down one of the side roads and on this road, all of the cars or vast majority, majority of them parked on the road, um, very few in driveways. And I had this dream where a child was riding a bike and just like ran out in front of me. And I would have that kind of you know, a few times a year, probably. Sometimes it was a bike. That's how it started out over a few times. And then it was a ball. But either way, it was a child running out in front of me in this dream. So, you know, I just kind of got to the point where like, if I think there might be any children around, I go slow. And that's kind of a good tip anywhere you see children because their minds are still developing and they may not necessarily recognize the danger that we as adults can um, make sure your child knows that if they're crossing the street, that they stop and look left, right, then left again. Um, I do that when I'm driving as well, so it's a good habit to get into. Um, it also reminds the child that, yes, even though at school, at least the one that my children goes, go to, there's a crossing guard. He watches everything. I mean, I've seen him standing there for years, and he knows how to do his job. But if they're going further down the road, you know, once they get past the school, that crossing guard is not going to be there. So they really need to recognize once they get to a point where they may have to cross over, you know, what they need to do and make sure they're they're following it every single time. Make sure um, if they're old enough to recognize this, that, you know, one of the tips um, that I've seen before is make sure that the child makes eye contact with the drivers before they start to cross the street. I think that's a little difficult in most occasions, but you know, what I would say to that is, you know, if the person looks like they're starting to go, let them go, you know, um, otherwise they would stay stopped. And in today's age as well, make sure when walking that, You know, they're not playing on their phones, playing a handheld video game, because I'm sure that can and has happened. Now, um, not as frequently around here, but I know in a lot of areas, some children might ride a bicycle to school. So make sure that they know that a bicycle is considered a vehicle. So they have to ride with traffic and single file. Um, And as with, you know, Anybody whether you're riding a bicycle or walking make sure you come to a complete stop at a crossing area Um, You don't just kind of glance really quick and run through it. Make sure you stop because again a bike is a vehicle Um, stay alert as well and Make sure you adjust with the season. So right now it's bright most children you know by the time they're out of school It's still daylight, um, unless they have maybe after school events where it gets later um, when they come home. Otherwise, make sure that they have the appropriate clothing. And this will definitely become more of a factor as we get closer to, say, fall and winter. Because it where I live, it gets very, very dark very, very early um, at times. And especially, too, then if they are participating in after school events where they may be walking home make sure that they have a light that they're wearing bright clothing. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've seen somebody not necessarily a child dressed in you know what looks to be black jeans and a dark shirt or you know dark sweatpants and a dark shirt and sometimes you know even with the lights um, it, it was hard to see them so just make sure they have that proper um, attire and you know even though it's not mentioned in the safety tips you know helmet knee pads that type of thing definitely worth it to invest in a good helmet now um, as far as riding the bus um, there's usually rules that are posted so make sure that they know what the rules are Um, make sure they stand farther away from the bus If they do have to cross the street to get to the bus um, you know we know that cars are supposed to stop but unfortunately not every car will stop so you know make sure that they are looking both ways and making sure that there's not a car approaching and if there is one that you know they've they've slowed down and have stopped Now, um, as far as if you're driving your child to school, just obey obey the rules of the area. Um, Make sure that the children, when they're crossing the street, make eye contact or that we make eye contact with them. I know in the previous one, it said have the child make eye contact with you or with the driver. As an adult, I really wanna make sure that the children who are crossing in front of me know that I am telling them they can go so I'm very clear in my motion, even if I have to put my hand out the window. Um, the reason I am so cautious on that is usually there are huge groups of kids and I don't want someone to say, mis- near the end of the group, mistake what I'm doing, um, or even myself mistake what they're doing now. Oh yes, I mentioned my children in their ankles. So as far as injuries at school, um, some can be prevented. Others just happen. Um, you know, backpack injuries. I know that, um, when I was going to school, it really wasn't known or even thought of. My husband, on the other hand, even though he's 10 years older than I am, he has always looked at our kids' backpacks and been like, you know, we have to get them the best backpack. This is where how they need to carry it. And has been very, very vocal about that. So what you want to do with the backpack to keep it from say drawing to one side make sure they use both of them both of the straps if they're wearing them on the back so that the weight um, is even there don't don't have them pack the backpack to the point where it's really really difficult to handle or manage or that it should be too heavy Um, an actual guideline is that the bag itself should be no more than five to ten percent of your child's weight now, some people do use a rolling backpack, whether it's because they have a lot of items to bring in, or you know, some children may have that as a necessity because it makes it easier for them to get around. But you know, I would suggest getting a bright colored one because in those cases, it's not necessarily always the person using the backpack. You wanna make sure that others see it so that you know, if they're coming around you that they don't miss the fact that there's a backpack and slip or trip over it you know so unless it's really necessary I would say don't use that it could also become a um, kind of a obstruction to you as well of using it um, you know if it sticks on something you know uh, like it's the strips they put down on the floor um, it may just cause your balance to go off for a second which can cause you to fall um, as far as younger children in the playground make sure and I have heard a case of this happening and it's heartbreaking, make sure there's no strings around playground material or playground, um, like, like the um, slides, anything like that. Um, and that is the case I've heard of is a slide and there was a, a rather substantial string hanging down from it. So just really important to scope out any areas that you can, um, for injury, teach your child what to look for. Other injuries are unavoidable um, unless, you know, to kind of use a phrase that I've actually heard people say about me, unless you put your child in a bubble, they're going to, you know, have slips, falls, because um, you want them to be active. You don't want to keep them completely sheltered because you want them to go out there and socialize and play and be active. Um And to clarify the friends, well, actually multiple people who used to say I need to to be in a bubble. They were saying that very, you know friendly people I'd known for years, and you know, usually they'd see me have at least one or two allergy attacks, and you know, so they were just kind of joking with me and I didn't take any offense of that. Um, just kind of in the side if you know, that was me, if there is you know, a situation where either you or your child, someone says something like that and they think it's joking, but it, it does hurt you individually, make sure that you let the person know because A, if they don't know, they may keep saying it and that can lead to a resentment. Um, you know, we never know. Maybe they had a friend or family member with you know, a similar illness or condition and, you know, their friend will joke about it. And they're approaching it the same way so just make sure you know that you're vocal about your needs as well and to teach your child um, to say it respectfully and hopefully then if this is in school that the parents of the other child have discussed things like this with them as well Um, and also just a quick story about backpack related injuries and this was not mentioned um, as far as the tips um, that I'm reading. And by the way, the tips I'm reading are from the National Safety Council. Um, I'm not reading them verbatim mostly, but I'm just trying to provide some context and ideas around them. My son, when he did ride the bus as a younger child, um, one day he comes home and it wasn't immediately noticeable, but he walked into the light and yeah, you know, I just saw on his face, there was this bruise. And, you know, I'm like, come here, honey, what happened? And this is my child who has, um, you know, a little bit of trouble communicating. And the most I could get out of him was that someone had hit him. So, of course, I'm thinking someone hit him and I'm trying not to get too upset. But I tried to narrow down some, you know, time frame, location, and found it was on the school bus, actually. So that was about as far as I could get. Um, I called the school bus driver and, you know, all the school bus drivers my kids have ever had have been great. Um, and I called her and we discussed some things. And finally, after kind of digging, um, because she knew the layout of the bus, we figured out and asked him and he confirmed that it was a child who usually had her backpack packed to the brim and usually had a, um an instrument too. I think it was like a trombone. So it was quite substantial as well. I know it wasn't like a flute case, um, is what I remember. I know it wasn't a small item. It was something that was quite substantial. And as she would walk down the aisles, it would hit people, you know, in the face. And she happened to be sitting behind my son. And we had narrowed it down to someone who was behind him as far as how he got hit. And, you know, the bus driver was aware and had actually, you know, asked the child not to pack the um, backpack like that um, every night, not only, you know, for not hitting other children, but also not to hurt her back. But that's the story of how my child came home with a pretty much a black eye um, that I probably spent about an hour trying to stay calm thinking who, you know, who hit my child in the eye only to realize it was just a complete accident you know and so I told the bus driver you know please don't make her you know feel bad or anything like that you know because I know that she didn't mean it and frankly when I was a kid I did the same thing but my mom drove me so that was never really an issue but yeah there were times um and I will sometimes what were, we're I was in place too, so I was going in with a full backpack, a clarinet, and sometimes a change of clothes for, um, like my costume I had or something like that. Um, very small school, so sometimes I had to bring stuff in. So, <laughs> you know, so there are other ways to be, um, hurt by a backpack. So now just as far as other things about, um, you know, other school tips that are not necessarily about um, you know, transportation and things like that. You know, just the normal, I hate to say normal school year, but just things we need to look out for, um, at all times in a school year, keeping them safe from things other than COVID. Now, as usually happens, I do have, um, this episode is probably extending, you know, much further than I thought it would. I, I, have said before, I tend to get a little talkative. So um, as far as this episode, I'm going to briefly touch on um, just a different topic as far as um, what are some tips from police officers and, you know, what they recommend for starting back to school. Um, And some of those tips are to make sure that your child has a dedicated route and knows exactly where they are have safe procedures i know that um you know when i was growing up it was called the safe word um you know even when one time my brother came to pick me up because our neighbor had passed away and my parents were trying to comfort the wife the widow and so my brother tested me you know he's about 13 years older than i am so he was probably in his early 20s and when I saw his car, you know, I knew it was him. Um, he had like a black T-top Camaro, so, um, or Trans Am. I always got those confused. But, you know, even when I got in, he was testing me about that safe word. You know, and this is, again, my brother, someone that I really wouldn't hesitate at all about getting into the car with. But, you know, he just wanted to be safe too. Um, as a parent make sure you have a good communication with the bus driver you know like in the example that i gave she was very sweet had the children in the bus for a couple of years always looked out for them you know and knew the students on a person-to-person basis and not necessarily just as the person who gets stopped or dropped off here or picked up here Um, and then as far as you know your child Um, don't rush things. So whether it's dropping your child off at school, them having to walk or get to a bus stop, don't rush because when you're rushing, you have a tendency to miss um, some of the more important things. And, you know, as mentioned before, make sure that you're staying alert if you do have to cross or your child has to cross um, any area to get to the bus. As a as the child too and especially now as many children can have cell phones make sure that they have the same information that you do so make sure that they have um, the bus driver's information Um, make sure the bus stops completely before the child gets on so make sure that you're advising them of that Um, don't like play wrestle or play fight around the um, bus stop you know especially with younger children you know, we don't want an instance where one you know is pushed unintentionally you know they're just playing and one gets pushed or falls especially when a bus is coming so kind of emphasize that the bus is a place where you need to be cautious of safety that yes it might be fun because it's your last few moments you know really before you're starting school and you want to play with your friends but that it's very important that you're staying as safe as possible um, when you're in the bus, don't stand up while it's moving. Make sure you're staying seated. Um, don't push anyone while you're getting on or off the bus. Um, and definitely make sure that you're keeping your hands, arms, head within the bus. So even if you have some of the windows that drop down or are able to access from you know the inside and put your hand out, make sure the child understands that there are potential dangers on that. Um, And also make sure that your child understands that the bus driver has an immense responsibility. So don't be doing things that could distract the bus driver from their job, which while it's a job, yes, it's a job that requires much more safety than a lot of other jobs out there. So make sure your child understands the importance of that. Um, Just as a motorist, as you're driving, um, you know, throughout, Um, throughout the areas I know out here where I live it's a lot of rural areas that we will see um, school buses within the town unless they're very young children many of them walk so it's really in the rural areas where the buses are stopping frequently but that also means in those areas there aren't any um, overhead lights or any additional lighting it's especially if it's later at night Again, you know, I've had my children get off the bus when it was almost dark just because of how early it was getting to be dark. Um, You know, just be aware of the surroundings. Remember, make the adjustment in your mind that, okay, school is now started. I know throughout my state there are signs that say, give kids a break. Then it will flash to school has started, give kids a break, Um, which I actually used as a teaching lesson to my children about, the different spellings of different words like break and break two two and two there there and there where and where you get the idea um (laughs) so it's just something i like to do when i see something to try to educate them which i'm not always sure if they really listen um but yeah as a motorist be aware of your surroundings don't pass a school bus it's not worth it not only are you putting a a child at risk you you'll, you'll get a big fine i mean buses have cameras now so even if you're not thinking about the potential risk to an innocent child you know if that doesn't stop someone from cross or passing a school bus know that at least in my state and of course it's going to vary by state a fine can be well over two hundred dollars and you know if you have a second offense it can be close to six hundred and if it happens again Um, Actually, it can happen with a second offense. You can get your driver's license suspended, which is really a hassle if you have to get to work every day and if you don't live in an area where there's a lot of mass transit. So those are some tips about things that kind of surround the school, not necessarily within the classroom. Um, Because these episodes are a little bit longer, um, I will continue the second half of the Um, like more physical aspects of the school, um, such as how to behave in school. Um, Like my kid's school has three sets of stairs, you know, what to do to make sure they're safe, you know, not to horseplay around the steps or stairs, things like that. So I'll continue with that a little bit more um, on the next episode of next week. Um, I am going to be releasing another one. Um, either later today or tomorrow about just how to like a real quick tips on keeping your children safe um, with COVID and then again next week I'll have a second one as well that is about um, you know a little more detailed such as if family members are immunocompromised and also in there there will be just general you know how to keep your child safe um, in school from other illnesses too. All right I hope everybody has had a happy labor day. I forgot to to say that a little bit earlier um, as usual, mine started out with a bang um, <laughs> um, with my son um, he leaned down to get something this is my very tall son and when he came up he bumped his head on the thermostat and he wasn't hurt or anything but he kept saying he hit his head on the wall and we were just like wonder, it took us a while to figure out because we're looking and trying to figure out how he hit his head on the wall until we figured, we finally figured out where he was. It had to be the thermostat. Um, you know, but again, he's my baby. So I was like worried he'd hurt himself and he hasn't, he's been fine. Um, but again, I worry a lot. So, (laughs) um, but also just one more tip too that I, um, if it was in any of the articles I read I didn't see it or it didn't stick out to me make sure if you're picking up your child that they know exactly where you will be now we kind of experimented with um, you know my sons and where we're going to pick them up because you know again it's jam-packed even if you get there a half an hour before school's school lets out you may not be able to get a parking space you may not be able to get a place that's actually viewable by your child. So I tried a different area one day. Um, it would be a little bit of a further walk, but not a lot. Um, they would be with the crossing guard for the only crossing that they had to make, but it would be safer as well because when I you know went to leave, I wouldn't be around as many children too. But my younger son, I think he kind of got a little confused about where to go you know at this point I think it was only a second or third day at the school and something that I hadn't emphasized that we had mentioned but hadn't really emphasized was to have both kids wait for each other and be with each other and my younger son did try to find his older brother but by then the older son had already found my car and was in and I you know I'm like where's your brother he's like I don't know Um, and of course of all days I, I was trying to text him or call him, um, for some reason his phone didn't have reception. I had to go pick up my father from the hospital directly after that. And while I was waiting for the nurse to bring him down from his room, all of a sudden I heard our phone started to ding and I was getting the text messages that my son sent me and he was getting the ones that I sent him. So just by some fluke his didn't go through whereas my older son when he was calling me to confirm where we were meeting you know he got through just fine so after that um, even though it's a little more crowded I meet at the same place every day that way my children feel secure that even though it might take a little while to get to me or I might take a little while to get to them that they know exactly where I am because I don't want to feel that worry and stress. I definitely don't want my children to. Um, my younger guy is, you know, very sensitive and you know, I just don't want any of them feeling that stress too. So just kind of emphasize exactly where you will be and don't change that location unless it's something beyond your control, such as the road is blocked off or something like that. All right. Thank you for letting me add that in really quickly. I just thought that was important to add here um, rather than wait but I will talk to everyone later. Thank you for all that listen. If you do have a chance to either share, like, or leave a comment or rate the podcast, that would be wonderful because that will help other people find the podcast. Um, so if you think some of the things that I cover are you know, important or interesting or things that you think other people may like, please you know, share that. So, you know, again, I want everybody to feel like they have a voice and sometimes, you know, listening to someone else may help them feel like they have that voice as well. All right. I will talk to you soon. Bye.